Welcome to Radio Plasma, space dedicated to the exchange of ideas. Conversations, stories, music, performances, and randomness. Listen at radioplasma.com. Also, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashi Vega, and today we have a session about music. I want to welcome Mary Hubble and Greg Hayes, who are here to talk with us about a beautiful concert is going to happen here in Holyoke and is a concert open for everybody to come and enjoy music by Johann Sebastian Bach. Mary, Greg, welcome and thank you for being here with us. Oh, thank you for having us. Thanks. Thank you. So you are going to be performing this cantata by yes. Johann Sebastian Bach, BWV 202. That's right. That's Good. the catalog I number. I never for... remember the numbers, so I'm impressed that you remember that number. <laughs> This is the catalog number for this particular piece, which is a very peculiar one, considering that most of Bach's music is always associated with music for religious services. Church, sure. Mm -hmm. And this one is more a festive one. It's more for the purposes of, yes, entertainment. Sure. Something that is not necessarily associated with Bach thinking... Entertainment, you mean? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's always thought to be really serious music. Mm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about this piece you will be performing. Well, the nickname is a wedding cantata because it's sort of the story of two people getting married, but also within that, that theme of renewal, looking to the future, hope, optimism. And it's, it is secular. It's not really call, it doesn't really call on the idea of God or anything, it really talks more about, uh, you could almost call it pagan, like, you know, it kind of reaches <laughs> yeah. out to the natural world for inspiration yeah. and, and empathy. And I don't know the, the background of why he wrote it. Well, you know, he was the, the town music director for Leipzig, and the main part of his responsibility was providing music at the churches there on Sunday mornings. But he was also charged, I think, as part of his occupation with writing pieces for other occasions. So there are these odd cantatas that are secular in orientation as opposed to the religious ones. And there's one called the Hunt Cantata, and there's one called the Coffee Cantata, and then there's this one as well as another one or two about weddings. And, and the curious thing about this is that he would sometimes use music again that he had used elsewhere. But once music was sacred, he could never change it into secular music but he could take secular music and, and turn that around. So there was one cantata about the dedication of a new city hall somewhere, either in Leipzig or nearby, and he went back later on and, and made it, changed it around a little bit. I don't think it was this cantata, but he made it into another cantata about a wedding. You're dedicating the building to the glory of God, and now you're dedicating this nice, this nice ceremony the same way. Also, it is said that this cantata utilized for a wedding, it was also utilized for his own with Anna Magdalena. Is that right? I'm not sure about that. No, I, I, have to look that I, up. I should look it up too. <laughs> uh oh, do you know something we don't know? <laughs> yeah. Um, when did he marry Anna Magdalena? Well, it was his second wife. Um, okay. I think it was in the 1720s, but I'm, I'm not entirely sure. And she sure. was a singer? Yes. Mm. Right. Maybe did he write? Maybe he wrote this cantata for her to sing because it's a soprano cantata. Ah, uh, that could be. Yeah, yeah, could be. 
So these are small details about this piece, the cantata, the wedding by Jochen Sebastian Bach. You, you, are you going to perform the whole piece, right? Yes, it's about 20, 22 minutes, I think. Yeah, and it's a combination of, of arias and then recitatives. The recitatives sort of project the storyline and the arias comment upon it. Right, and so it's all one, one voice, which in this case will be me, and there are two violins, viola, cello, oboe, and harpsichord. Uh, sometimes called the basso continuo, where mm -hmm. the harpsichord and the cellist are playing the same line and the harpsichord is playing mm -hmm. chords based on a numbering system called figured bass. So a lot of the cantatas, most of them use string instrument and harpsichord and basso continuo. The addition of the oboe to this particular cantata, because it's not in every cantata called for different forces, is really quite lovely. The opening lines that the oboe gets to play are, are absolutely beautiful and sort of um, the opening words are, are, you know, dissipate shadows, you know, go away, you troublesome shadows. And the oboe has this beautiful long spiring line that just sort of seems like the, the curtains are opening onto a beautiful scene. That's the way I think of that opening. And then the singer comes in to, with the text. But the, the oboe opening is incredibly beautiful. Just looking at my notes here, I, I, I see that exactly what you were talking about, nobody knows exactly when he wrote this, but it's sort of traditionally been connected to his wedding to Anna Magdalena, mm. which was in 1721. Mm. So there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> so to give a little bit more of context about you performing this, mm -hmm. this piece, so Mary, you are a soprano. Yes. Mm -hmm. So you will be doing the, the vocal mm -hmm. performance, and Greg, you are going to be playing the harpsichord. Mm -hmm. Yes. How is it for you being able to perform music that has been written so long ago and today still remains strong mm. and inspiring for everybody to listen to, especially with instruments, in this case talking about the harpsichord, that are not so common to see that much anymore? Mm. I don't know. How, well, I, we've been... I think for people like Greg and me, we've we've always loved him, and we've always loved this music, and so it's very natural for us to say, "Hey, let's do this piece." And, and this is my fault. We're doing this because I made <laughs> I roped Greg in one day. I said, "Let's do the Bach wedding cantata together." Remember? Yeah. <laughs> actually, I think I said something like, "Let's do a bunch of cantatas together," <laughs> and he actually, to my surprise, said, "Okay." And I said, "Oh." Now we gotta do this. <laughs> no, he's just a very busy guy, so I didn't know if he would have the time um, because it is a big undertaking, it's a big piece. Um, I guess I would say, well, my personal connection to this piece too is I learned about it as a music student living in Europe. I studied in the Netherlands and people, I heard people working on this piece. And then when I was living in New York, I think it would be in 2013, um, I got asked, I had a frantic call from a music director to fill in. I had about less than two weeks to learn the piece. <laughs> so that's, and I did fine, but I always thought I would really like to do this again. Um, so that's my personal uh, story with this particular cantata. Um, how did you first come into contact with it? Well, I, I got involved, uh, it's all been serendipitous, but it's been serendipitous in the best way possible. I. Um, when I moved back to this area, I went to school here initially, I became involved with something called the New England Bach Festival, which was based up in Vermont. 
uh, with a wonderful charismatic woman named Blanche Moise, who was running it. And I became one of the people who took part in it regularly, which meant I was dealing with a lot of music that I had never seen before. I knew of it by reputation that Bach wrote hundreds of these cantatas. And um, you, you realize the more that you play them that things haven't changed, you know, that this is music that speaks to us in a very intimate way sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually he's couching things in the, in the language of 18th century German Lutheran teaching, but it's still very, the texts for the arias in particular are very personal sometimes and and you're you're uh mourning your inability to be more godlike you're you're talking about sinfulness but you're also talking about the delights of of living Mm. and particularly in a secular cantata it it can speak to us now just as well because Mm -hmm. it's not based in a particular ideology particularly in this case it's about the joy of finding your soulmate you know Mm. How I came to this cantata in particular, I, d- I don't remember. I've, I've played it once before um, with uh, another singer, but it was just one of many that are just astonishing. And, and people tend to overlook this repertoire now because you don't go and hear a Bach cantata every Sunday in church any place. There's, there's one place in Boston mm-hmm. that you do. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just this amazing repertoire that is in some ways so large that you, you don't, there's too much of it almost, <laughs> you know, and there's all sorts of, you know, we have about 200 Bach cantatas and there's evidence because he was so thorough in the way he did his cantata cycles that were probably at least 300 of these. Wow. Uh, so that would make another 100 lost mm-hmm. and probably many, many more secular cantatas as well. Yeah, to your question though about it being so old and sort of how do we relate, because it is hundreds of years old, but, um, I think it's like what Greg was saying, like if you can sit with the words a little bit, of course, we don't all speak German, so there will be a translation available. So you can, but sitting with those words and just reading them and taking them in, I think anyone today can can relate. It just takes maybe just a moment to sit and, and think about it. And there, it does feel like we're at a bit of a remove sometimes, but I think if you give it a, a chance, it doesn't feel so old. It feels quite, quite um, present. And, and the text in this case in particular, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, there's one rather famous aria that comes towards the end of it, and mm-hmm. the standard translation of the beginning of it is, to practice sweet courtship, to joyously cuddle. <laughs> so th- this is not what you usually associate with Bach, <laughs> yeah. but it's yeah. really wonderful to hear. Yeah, I love that aria. That one is <laughs> so much fun. By listening, mm-hmm. what you're saying, I think on comparison with the way younger generations today listen to music and enjoy and connect to it because of the music structure, because of the lyrics, mm. because of the feelings that every song piece they listen to evokes in them. Mm. And it's no different from what happened in the 1700s. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Everyone has emotions and life experiences and Bach the same as the rest of us, maybe more, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> he, had, he had a huge family. Um, he, mm-hmm. he went to work every week. He dealt with work politics the way we do. Yeah. <laughs> Obstreperous students at the Thomas School. Yes, uh, unruly yeah. choir members. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. A, a friend of my, mine gifted me a year or so ago with a little book called The Little Bach Book. 
and it's all these uh, reports of various kinds on, oh, stuff like what they ate, how much beer they drank, Mm-hmm. Personal hygiene, <laughs> what they did for fun, and you just realize it's things haven't changed. No, <laughs> well, they, they have. Uh, but, um, there's the, actually the great, basic stuff. There's a great Twitter feed called "Composers Doing Normal Things," and it's pictures of really famous composers just sitting around, like sitting with like Stravinsky, sitting with his cat, or Britain yeah. on a picnic, or. There's one recently, Pindarecki texting. Okay. Right. <laughs> it's just like, you know, you, we, we do put these people up as if they're, un, they're different or far away and human beings. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like this, this analogy and this breaking, breaking barriers in time, mm-hmm. trying to, mm-hmm. to put those composers in our current timeline. With this, I want to bring the, the reason for this concert to be happening here in Holyoke because sometimes most of the times, unfortunately, when we talk about music that is labeled as classical, mm-hmm. and I'm making a difference because this is not particularly classical, belongs more to the Baroque period. Mm-hmm. But, but people call all of art, art music, right. it's all classical. classical. Yeah, yeah. Right. Immediately it becomes a barrier where they think, mm-hmm. this is not for me, mm-hmm. or I don't know, I don't care about mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. When in reality, we are so familiar with so many magnificent pieces of art mm-hmm. from even before Bach mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and to the most experimental contemporary mm-hmm. postmodern music. Mm-hmm. The thing is that we don't know those connections. We are not aware of who's making this music and mm-hmm. how that connects to our everyday lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So by having this opportunity for the public to listen and enjoy of this cantata mm-hmm. in this concert, you are opening these doors and mm-hmm. taking down these barriers for people to actually be able to enjoy the music mm-hmm. without that strict protocol that sometimes... And, and I confess, I myself was guilty of it in, in, in my early years uh, mm-hmm. when, when I was a, a student. And yeah, I remember. Actually, I have to. I have. I have to confess. I enjoyed hushing some of the <laughs> of the old people who clap between between movements. <laughs> kind of like you're not supposed Shush. to do that. <laughs> how how dare you, you uneducated adult? Yeah. Mm. I enjoy doing that. <laughs> but then, uh-huh. as time moved by, I I learned that that is not how you make people. Mm-hmm able to enjoy and experience music. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are protocols because that's the way it used to be. Mm-hmm. But if music creates such emotion in you, mm-hmm. why not showing it up? Mm-hmm. I feel for even for, for the musicians, mm-hmm. that's an, another way for them to know, you made me feel this way and I'm showing it to you. Yeah. So that dynamic, I feel, is something that we need to nurture. Mm-hmm. So audience, who are familiar with this music and new audiences mm-hmm. coming to enjoy and listen it maybe for the first time, they feel welcome to it and they have that beautiful experience as many of many of others already have. Mm-hmm. So what is your plan in this way for the audience to enjoy of this concert? Well, the space is intimate. It's not a raised stage. It's not a dark, darkened concert hall where you go sit and you feel very isolated from other people. It's it's basically sort of a nice large room at Gateway City Arts that has a hardwood floor and 
the the chairs will be close to us, so we will be very much sort of physically in dialogue. I think with the with the audience, we don't, we don't we're not going to be separated from them. Um, and uh, it's a very relaxed atmosphere. If you've been, ever been to one of these concerts, or if you haven't, I hope you come, because um, you can you can see that we're, the musicians are very accessible, and often. Um, we, we talk between the pieces. I've often talked to the audience to give them that personal connection, you know, not to lecture, well, this was written, although that's interesting, but to say, you know, I'm so glad you're here. This piece is meaningful to us. We're, it has a great message and great emotion. So um, I hope people will just feel comfortable enjoying the space and enjoying the sort of the informal atmosphere of it. Um, there's also, as we all know, there's a beautiful bistro at Gateway. So if you come early and eat, you'll feel all happy. You'll have good food in your belly, and then you can sit and, <laughs> and enjoy some beautiful music for about an hour. And um, so, yeah, that's the way I imagine, or I've always done these these concerts for the last few years there, is that it's an informal feeling, and nobody should feel they can't walk in and take a seat and, and enjoy. I think it's partly getting people in the door and you talk about mm -hmm. that barrier business with mm -hmm. what's called classical music right and um but once they're there mm. it's it's just important to somehow convey that, that this is not this is not something that's far far away from you this is about mm. us yeah you know right and particularly in in music with with a text which is to say anything that's being sung mm -hmm. you can see very specifically what it's about and it's about mm -hmm. love and regret and loss and anger and delight and <laughs> um, yes it's in german but we'll we'll help you with that yeah. <laughs> you know and but it's it's mm -hmm. people talking about things that were important then and are important now too mm. So this concert is happening as part of the series uh, Concerts at the Canal by Gateway City Arts. And the name for this event, we <laughs> we just figured out it's going to be Back and Friends. Yes. Yeah, there, there are pieces. There's the wedding cantata. There are some brief pieces that Mary will sing with just me and the cellist, which were taken from a songbook uh, that was popular at that time. Uh, based on, uh, it's called the Shameli Songbook, and it turns out this was a man that put together all these devotional songs that may have been played and sung at home. It, it, it turns out that these are also intimate texts, and uh, some of them are even well-known now, mm -hmm. uh, which is to say there were a couple of these songs that are still sung at funerals and such as. And then we're doing one piece by a rough contemporary of Bach, uh, an oboe sonata, by an Italian composer named Giovanni Platti. And it's very similar in style, and it's a very elegant piece in four movements. Mm. Music to warm your heart during this winter. What a beautiful concept, what a beautiful idea. And especially when this is a free event for everybody to come and enjoy of music in a session that actually makes me think of our contemporary way of say we are we are having a chamber music session. Mm. Sure. Sure, yeah. It is chamber music. Yeah, music for the chamber, small scale, not big, not yeah. Mm -hmm. So this event is happening on Sunday, March 3rd at Gateway City Arts, 92 Ray Street in Holyoke, Massachusetts, and this event will be starting at 3 p.m. 
So it gives you enough time to start your Sunday, have some food, <laughs> get acclimated with the with the weather, <laughs> and then enjoy of live music. Because uh, portability also is another another big difference between music back then and today. It's really hard to be around with your harpsichord. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it seeps, keeps getting heavier as the years go by. <laughs> yeah, these were instruments that were not intended to be moved. Mm -hmm. uh, and But with the joys of having a, a van and mm -hmm. uh, a couple of helpers nearby, it's, that's what you do. Every mm -hmm. time I move it, I have to set it up and tune mm -hmm. it and get it ready to go, but it's worth it. So gracious of recording at Gateway City Arts, recording some small examples of the sound of the harpsichord, performing some pieces by Bach, mm -hmm. and that is the music that we are enjoying as part of this this session today. Just so you can have a little taste, a little sample of what is the vibe that we're going to have for this event on March third, but also for many many of the people listening to get familiar with the sound of a harpsichord an instrument that is hard to think of it because we don't we don't get to to, to listen to it that much anymore unless it is emulated on a digital environment <laughs> right. Right. so right. basically it's just whatever it says harpsichord you mm. click on that name and there you go you have the sound but <laughs> it's not the same when you actually see the instrument mm. And so let's talk a little bit about that, about the harpsichord, because it's such an important instrument. I mean, it's the predecessor of the piano. Yes. So what it means for you being able to play on a harpsichord? Great. Well, I, I should say first, I, I love playing Bach and I teach Bach all the time on the piano. But the attraction to me of harpsichord is this is the sound that was in the composer's ear or, or something fairly close to it. And there are certain different ways to go about playing that same music that are specific to harpsichords and specific to pianos, and I try to differentiate between those. Uh, the pleasure for me is just thinking that this is 
kind of what it sounded like、mm-hmm. in those days.、Um, this other composer, Palati, the other composer on the program, apparently was also fond of the early piano. But the the interesting part when Bach was writing these things, Bach apparently was familiar with the early piano because、uh, there was one at the court of Frederick the Great, but、um, it wasn't very good yet. The, the mechanism didn't work well, and and the harpsichord was was this wonderful machine that had been perfected a hundred years earlier, and、um, that's that's the sound that he still preferred in his lifetime. Platy apparently wrote some sonatas that were primarily intended for piano,、hmm. or forte piano, but that's not so much the case for Bach.、Hmm. And、um, it, as I said, I, I enjoy playing Bach. And listening to Bach on on piano, but I also really enjoy playing it on on this instrument.、Mm-hmm. This is such an inspiring session for connecting with music from from the past that is still present, and also to invite people in the audience to come join and discover、mm. the joy of music. And by listening to the sound of harpsichord, by listening to your voice, Mary, by listening the way all the instruments come together. Each one doing its own melody,、mm-hmm. and creating these layers of sound that all together become this beautiful conversation.、Mm-hmm. It's just magical to、mm-hmm. see what happens,、mm-hmm. and the only way to experience it is by being there. There is no recording that can actually convey that feeling. Yeah, I agree. I mean, recordings are are wonderful. I'm so glad we have them. <laughs> they're huge. They're wonderful.、Um, but there is really nothing like the live performance. The energy that you feel from the performers, and as a performer, the energy I feel from having an audience there who's who's enjoying.、Um, it's a it's just something that you can't really recreate alone. You need other human beings. <laughs> we all need one another. So yes, all kinds of live performances. I love all kinds of music. I don't just. Stick with one kind. I love everything, and all of it. When every time it's live, it's it's more, more something,、yeah. <laughs> more more interesting, more fun. And also, since you brought the business up about a harpsichord, obviously it has a different sound and a different mechanism. The strings are plucked instead of hammered.、Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I was playing something recently, and there was a, an electric keyboard, and there was a harpsichord button there. I didn't. I, I didn't get near it, but there still is a difference in the sound of the instrument when you hear it live, and the feeling too. When you press your finger on the key, right? It's just a different. Yeah, it's a different ball game. So,、yeah. for the performer, yeah, you can yeah. imagine such a different experience. 
Yeah, but but it's it's not quite the same as that electric keyboard. Makes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Greg, Mary, thank you so much for making this possible for oh, thank you. for putting your your talents and your efforts in order to provide music and joy for for the public here in Holyoke. And if you would like to make any any last remarks, mm. it's just it's a pleasure and a privilege. Yes, we have so much fun putting this together and. I think the, anyone who comes will get to partake in that joy too. So I hope um, everyone is free and comes. So this is the event Bach and Friends with this presentation of The Wedding Cantata by Joachim Sebastian Bach and some other pieces as well. This is a free event, so everybody's welcome. And it's happening at Gateway City Arts, Sunday, March 3rd. And all the information about this event also is available in the posting of this session on radioplasma.com. Mary, Greg, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. With this, we conclude the session that has been recorded in the Gandhara Youth Development Center in Holyoke, Mass. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashi Vega. Thank you for listening.